Hello around everybody, it's time for the Tales by Toe podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Tales by Toe podcast. How are we all doing? I hope you're all well. I am a couple of days late in my weekly plan, but I'm here. That is the most important thing. I am trying to remember to always show up. And I'm imploring that into all aspects of life right now. I've had a busy week. Um, I've got some exciting things coming up in terms of life and marriage and all of that good stuff. But I can't tell you yet. So I, you know, I'm just going to keep that under wraps. But just know that I'm out here. You know, I haven't forgotten y'all. How have you all been? I am... Like I said, I've just had a really busy week and kind of just carrying on from alignment and what I spoke about last week. This is just something that occurred this week. And I thought, you know what, let's talk about toxic relationships. Let's have a conversation about that. Um, Because we all we all know them. We've either seen them, we've either been in them or we experience them every day. Right. Everybody knows about a toxic relationship. Now, by definition, a toxic relationship is a relationship characterized by behaviors on the part of the toxic partner that are emotionally and not infrequently physically damaging to their partner. A toxic relationship is characterized by insecurity, self-centeredness, dominance and control. Ooh, that's a lot, right? Now, I, for some reason, I don't even know why this is on my mind, but it just sometimes it happens like that. And I just was like, you know what, let's let's talk about toxic relationships and the fact that I am in such a space of things coming together. Um, and like I said, this lockdown period has been quite a reflective um It's just been quite a reflective season in my household for many, many reasons. Um, And things are piecing together in a way that I would have dreamed of, but never imagined happening, if that makes sense. So in this sort of reflection and just thinking about life and where you stand, there has been that element of the toxic relationships of my life that have got me to the person that I am now and got me to the person that I married actually um but it's just interesting that has a generation I think more so we are extremely aware of what a toxic relationship is and extremely aware of ways to avoid it and you know very um I feel like our generation is very outright and honest about what they deserve and what's right and what they're willing to stand up for. Um, whereas prior, probably our parents' generations had a, a different level of toxic relationships that they had to deal with, but that were linked with submissiveness, that were linked with traditionalism, that were linked with, you know, that kind of hierarchical, hierarchical kind of structure of how relationships should be that they probably didn't really speak out when they could um and then our generation does the opposite where we speak out too much sometimes so you know I think toxic relationships are always going to be 
an occurring matter. It just depends on um, the sort of structure. And picking up on the recent Jada and Will saga, um, she has quoted an entanglement, which is the action or fact of entangling or being entangled or a complicated or compromising relationship or situation. That is what she has called her relationship with August, which very interesting little phrase, considering he was like, I loved her so much. I was willing to die for her. She just didn't come across that way. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's just been a, a couple of weeks of thinking about different things. And you start to realize how much People, sometimes people leave your life on purpose for your greater purpose. And at the time, it hurts. You don't necessarily want them to. And even in these relationships that sometimes don't bring out the best in you in that moment, you don't necessarily always want them to end. Relationships are difficult things to conclude on no matter the type, whether it's it's um, friendly, whether it's romantic, whether it's professional, you know, relationships are very difficult because they take a lot of you and the other person involved. You are having to invest your time, your energy to one, build and establish that relationship and then to maintain it and then for it to grow and then for it to end is very um it's quite final and sometimes can be a bit painful. And when I speak of toxic relationships, I don't necessarily just mean um, romantic ones. Friendships can be toxic. Um, your line manager at work can be toxic. You know, it can be anything <clears throat> in between. Um, and then there's the other kind, which is like family. There are toxic people that you have in your family who, you know, your family you're not going to go anywhere so there's just so many layers of what a toxic relationship can look like and how it can come into play but I think the the great ones are always the ones where a person is able to leave your life um and at the time it probably doesn't make sense and later on in life it does and I you know I spoke about this briefly last week and just saying how in alignment you don't see how things come together for your good but I I personally always believe that they do so the people that leave you or the people that you have left you do it to serve a greater purpose in their life they do it to say to serve a, a greater purpose in your life it's just that sometimes we don't know what our purpose is until we find it and that's a whole other journey that takes time so you've got this scenario of people that leave you and then you've got the scenario sometimes you're leaving people and then there's the unique scenarios where you have to learn to live within that toxic relationship and that's not the healthiest but this is true when it comes to family right what what if there is toxic um what if there's a toxic relationship that's formed by blood neither of you can leave that situation technically so how how do you live with it what do you do how do you cope um and i don't necessarily think i even have the answers it's just when you start to think of generational things that occur in your life in your family when you look at your parents and you look at the kind of relationships and bonds that you've had with people, you know, I'm a, 
I always think about this theory of how much your nurture um, plays into impact how you you know how you relate to people as a as an adult uh, is formed by different things that have happened in your childhood so you know if you grew up in a two-parent household where you saw um your father is quite a, a role model, quite a romantic person or whatever. And, and you're a little girl watching your dad do this. I think you equate that to love. Whatever you kind of see growing up will equate to how you relate to that situation. So if you've also grown up in a, in a place where, um, and this goes back to that generational element of where there was some element of toxic relationships within your family structure, whether it was from your parents, whether it was from your grandparents, uncles, aunties, whatever it is. And at the time as a child, it doesn't mean very much, but as you've gotten older and starting to understand things, you know, as kids, there's certain memories you have where, um, you know, you're like, oh, I remember that day we went to the playground and it was so much fun. And, you know, we just went home and, you know, like your version of that memory is um, is protected. But in reality of the adults who might have been in that situation, they would say, you know, oh, that day wasn't a good day. Because when we went to the park, you know, your father and I had an argument and, you know, we were trying to, the best we can to, you know, um, so if you like. I'm trying to think of an example. If you watch The Good Place, for example, um, I love The Good Place. So that's where most of my references come from. If you watch The Good Place, um, one of the episodes, Chidi is a, a philosophy. He's a philosopher. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, his parents um, are, you know, having an argument. This is when he was young. He was probably like nine or ten or whatever. And they're having an argument and he basically gives them a lecture on why they should stay together and and then he grew up believing that his lecture was the reason that they stayed together but in in hindsight later on when he figured it out it's that they actually went to therapy they actually took the right steps to build their relationship and to make it better all this to sort of say that you know how you perceive a moment in your childhood and how you're nurtured will have some sort of impact in your growth and what you do when you're growing up. So if you're, if let's say you're in a scenario where there is toxic relationships in your family structure, some of those things will feed into how you tolerate toxic relationships in your adulthood. Yeah, you're on the same page. So how how do you deal with that? What are the, you know, what are the red flags as adults we should use to kind of know when this situation is not good for you? This situation is taking something away from you. This relationship is, you're constantly giving and not getting anything back, right? Um, and this is the bit that I'm essentially trying to explore and this is what's it's been on my heart this week so I was just like let's talk about it and I'm interested to know whether people feel like toxic relationships are a are they like a thing that we've created as a generation who's you know quote-unquote so woke to everything because I feel like also in our alertness and being you know ready to call out things all the time 
we've created more problems. <laughs> we've created more problems and, and more points of um, retaliation or points of I deserve this and points of... So, you know, in that demanding of you as an individual to another person, does that make you toxic? Or does the toxic come from the person who makes you feel that way? Right? I don't know. It's just something that I'm I'm thinking about. So, you know, and like I always say to you guys, sometimes when I'm speaking, I'm processing at the same time. So my landing might not be accurate, but you gotta stick with me guys. There's 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 um logic. Um <laughs> there's logic in there somewhere. But you know, it's just how how do you cope? You know, when it's romantic in terms of a toxic relationship and you can spot those red flags, it's so easy. Uh, it's easier to leave. It's easier to part ways. And um when I was talking about alignment, I was looking at those scenarios of people in my life, friends and romantic, who I parted ways with. And at the time, it was heartbreaking because of the amount of time you invest in that relationship. You know, you get to know someone, you establish something for the sake of it working, for the sake of it lasting a long time. And if it doesn't, it's always just hard. It's just learning a new habit. And, you know, you get into a habit where you're used to calling this person first. You tell this person straight away and now you can't. Um, so in that in that kind of separation, that divorce, that um, unentanglement of each other, the adjustment is so difficult. But later, later, later on, when you're now happy and moved on and getting on with life, you start to realise, oh, that's why you had to leave me. You had to leave my life because, um, you know, I wanted to be in a space where I talk about generational wealth. I wanted to be in a space where I would talk about, you know, fitness and well-being. And you wanted to be in a space where that stuff was not important or um, that stuff made made me seem like I was stuck up example there's no this is not personal points of like you know people trying to get into my past to find out who I'm talking about but you know later on in life you start to put things together there's certain people naysayers shall we call them who might have been toxic in your past who you didn't realize the extent of how much they stopped you from growing, stopped you from elevating, stopped you from dreaming up until they left. And you're just like, wow, this is why you, and people are in your life for a season. I, there are seasons that, that are necessary for you to go through and they're necessary for certain people to be a part of those seasons, but they don't need to be there forever. That's another thing. And it, I think it's so important to appreciate those people who are in your life for a season. And when they leave, you thank them, you shake hands, you move on, you know? Um, and just in, in like how, how to cope with toxic relationships. I don't even think I know. I don't think I've got a set. These are your top things to look to kind of do to cope with a toxic relationship. But I would definitely say that 
you have to be aware of yourself as an individual about the things that are trigger points for you, the things that are emotional barriers in how you communicate, in how you love, in how you grow. Um, And you have to find coping mechanisms with this. And sometimes these are things that are not are things that have been nurtured into you. It might not have been a fear. It might not have been a barrier that you had, but your experience has created that. And I think that's another thing that we get out of having been in a toxic relationship is that there's certain habits you um, develop that are only as a result of having gone through that situation. So like for me, for example, um, you know, in my past, um, someone cheated on me right that was extremely hard at the time and you know it was heartbreaking whatever but I was young and you kind of moved on but what I realized in relationships post that there's certain things that probably trigger me a lot more had I not gone into that experience and like for my husband now there's things that are communication points that he's aware of that it's not so much that if, if you know, you say something in a particular tone or you don't say something, actually, it will upset me. And it's not that it upsets me because he, he is intentionally trying to upset me, but it upsets me because it's a trigger point for different things that I've gone through in my life that are similar or remind me by something that he said. So, you know, I have my trigger points and I know things that are, um, what things are kind of red flags, what things I kind of don't enjoy, what kind of things I, I'm happy to just stay away from if I can, if I can avoid them, then that's probably how I would deal with it. And I think being self-aware is one of the most important things you can give yourself because it allows you to set to set parameters around your life of what things are okay and what things are not okay and what things are actually okay but you've made them not okay because of how you deal or how you relate to that situation and this is another point you know when it comes to um how to cope and how to how to deal with toxic scenarios you I was watching Insecure really great episodes this year by the way loved it um watching Insecure and Issa and Molly were doing this whole you know focus on what serves you and it was it just interested me because I think in an ideal world we would love to do we would love to be selfish enough to have things that only serve us for our good right but actually what is good for me or what serves me sometimes is not what serves my husband, is not what serves my sisters, is not what serves my job. So I actually have to be sacrificial in the things that serve me at certain points. And then other times I can be like, yeah, this doesn't serve me. I can walk away. Right. But what what about the what about the scenarios, scenarios where you just can't do that? You can't just be like, oh, this situation doesn't serve me. So therefore I'm walking away like as an as a grown adult sometimes you just you're not allowed to do that (laughs) you're just not um you know so I feel like yes that's probably another thing you could look at in terms of how you cope looking at what best serves you 
Um, but understanding whether you as an individual in the relationship that you're in, whatever, whatever relationship that is, you know, romantic, friendship, work, whatever, whatever relationship it is, whatever is transactional with another individual. If your greatest intention is to serve yourself, does that make you toxic to the other person? Because that's not necessarily what is best to serve them, right? So how how does that work? A relationship is a two by it's a two way situation. So how 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 does that work? Like it's okay to serve yourself and to make sure you get what you want, but how do you give that back to the same person if there's conflict in that? And then if there is conflict, does that equate to a toxic relationship? This is basically where my head is at. I'm trying to, like, like I said, we all know toxic relationships. We've all been in them or experienced them to some capacity. But in going forward and in alignment and in working towards only elevation and doing things that are right for you, are toxic relationships relationships things that we create are they things that stick with us because we are constantly trying to find them or are they things that sometimes come into your life and not intentionally and now you're trying to find a way to remove yourself from that situation um and yeah it's just there's so many facets to it in terms of that and I think in that relationship there's also that accountability that you have to take as an individual that this trait in me makes me toxic and that's not great for the other person on the receiving end and this is my other point so first three points having self-awareness of what your trigger points are what are the things that you um will make you react will make you feel some type of way the second thing is to know what serves you best and also appreciating what serves the other person if you are in this transactional relationship and the third thing is being accountable to yourself as an individual and being able to call yourself out on the things that you do that to another person are probably toxic and this is and this is where this sort of fine line comes of you might put an action or do something that serves you right but that same exact action to somebody else might be toxic right so how do you strike that balance um and then you know my fourth point would just be you have to really really focus on making sure you do the things that bring you peace just being able to have a life that is filled with nothing but joy and just peace in in all aspects i think sometimes when we are dealing with relationships or past hurts or whatever it is we are so um they can really take a lot out of you and they take away your ability to be able to find joy in the little things, your ability to be able to find a positivity in a bad situation. Um, you know, point in case my my husband and I, and this is, is isn't so much of 
of to take to that point but in just examples of characteristics I'm just a positive person I generally always want to see the best in people up until you wrong me I will I you know I'm like okay cool you've got good intentions whereas my husband is the complete opposite so he's very quick to react to something to anything whereas I want to like take time and kind of see what's best because in my mind I'm thinking the best case scenario is that I don't retaliate into this situation whereas his thinking is the best case scenario is for him to retaliate so that the situation can be dealt with quicker right so when it comes to finding how we find peace we find peace in different ways because he wants to deal with things straight away and you know nip it in the bud whereas I want to process I want to think about it I want to see how to navigate it in the least um, conflict involved manner so our peace looks different but because we're in a relationship we have to find a way that finds peace for our household it's no longer peace for me as an individual or peace for him as an individual but how to work together to make sure that we still have a peaceful household and that's the outcome of whatever that scenario is so you know when when I look at you know you have to find the things that bring you peace there's certain things where I find this especially when it comes to family that a lot of the time there's very awkward relationships are very awkward um scenarios that you're faced with with your family members but you you know you can't run away from your family you can't you can only just keep your distance but like when when those family gatherings happen whether they're wedding be it a funeral whatever you can't really avoid each other but i've i've kind of taken the strategy of there's 365 days in a year of those 365 days, those special occasions where I have to deal with people who I'm related to by blood, who I, you know, don't particularly want to spend time with sometimes, um, it might be 10 days of the year I have to deal with them. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Whew. All right. Day one, day two, day three, day, and day 10, I'm like, right, I'm done. I'm out of here. Peace out. I go back to my home and I carry on. And, you know, that's just a mechanism that I've just found makes my life easier. Um, it doesn't work for everybody, but, you know, you have to find a way to cope. And of those 10 days, you know, it might take you 20 days to recover, but then that means you've only lost a month of the year trying to deal with that situation. Someone else would say, well, actually, that's a waste of my time because that's a month and I don't have to deal with it. But having again, it being transactional for the people that you have served in that time, it will have so so much more of an impact later on than you realise. So which one is the better? Hmm? And my last thing is just to find, find a way to forgive yourself and to forgive the other person in every scenario, really. I think as as growing beings, as developing people, we're we're all going through stuff in different ways. We cope in different ways. We've grown up in different ways. And then we've all meshed together. And I think this is right. You think this is right. I think, you know, 
pajamas should go under the pillow and you think pajamas should be aired. I don't know, like we're different at the end of the day. So I can only, unless I really know that your intentions for me are malicious, I can only believe that you were trying to do the best thing for you at the time and what you thought was the right thing for me. It didn't work out that way. And that's where we are. So, you know, when I think about my ex and that situation, it was very difficult at the time. Um, did I hate him for it? Yes and no. I, I probably didn't hate him as much as I could have, but I I felt like I, I didn't do the... I think sometimes in those sort of scenarios, I find, especially in toxic relationships that are romantic, that it's very easy to blame yourself for someone else's mistake um and you really shouldn't so did I hate him no I didn't hate him but I I didn't understand him I didn't understand the action I think that's probably the hardest thing because you're just like I don't I don't get it why would anyone do that um but now in my marriage I'm so aware that when a person has good intentions for you and only wants good for you, they would not make that mistake. So now I realise that it was very good for me to go through that situation because I know how to appreciate the love and the good intentions that come my way. But I think had I not gone through that experience, I probably would take um, this sort of the good relationship. I would take it for granted. So I'm not, I'm not always the best person. I think when it comes to toxic relationships, I'm not always like, they're so bad for you, red flag, move on. I think there's always something to learn in, in every situation and you have to take things in your stride. You have to do what's, what's best for you, what's le least damaging to you um, and what gives you the greatest joy and find a way to be selfish but to be selfless and I think that's really essentially what relationships are all about um so yeah a bit of all over the place it's just something I was thinking about and it's a Saturday morning and I'm recording I li literally never ever record in the morning so um apologies if it's everywhere that's just how I've woken up today which is weird but it's also because I've had a very interesting week and there's a lot going on in my life about future things, which is super exciting, but I can't tell you yet. I'll probably do a series about it very soon. Um, but yeah, I think you just, you start to think about in, in my reflection and just jotting things down. I'm just starting to look back on some of the scenarios I've put myself in and some of the scenarios people have put me in and some of the toxic ones, some of the non-toxic, some of the points when I've been the toxic individual and kind of just owning that and trying to make myself better. So I, I never am in that situation again. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of come, come to you with that. And I think the greatest thing is knowing that sometimes people leave your life for a purpose that will serve you so much greater later on. And that is one of the things I'm really drumming on about at the minute because I'm finding so much joy in my present 
that is a result of the past of my pain. And that's as simply as I can put it. So, yeah, for my five points, if you want like a sum up of where I'm really thinking, I think it's very important to be self-aware of the things that are your trigger points, the things that um, kind of stand out in, in your kind of red flags in how you are feeling. And then you have to look out for what serves you and look, make sure you have an idea of what serves the person that you are in a relation with um be accountable for your actions for your feelings for the way you respond to things um do what brings you peace find a way to forgive yourself importantly and to forgive those people we're all figuring it out there are people out there who don't deserve forgiveness i know that too so i'm not naive to that but I think there's a lot of, um, I think you sometimes block your blessings by not wishing the other person well, you know, so you only get out what you put in. That's kind of how I feel about it. But yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk about this again. I think there's a few people out there who need or want to hear experiences of relationships. And, you know, I think, you know, if you look at my Instagram and you kind of see where I am now, it looks like, oh, I'm just so happily married and it's just so great. But, you know, there's a whole story behind who I am as an individual now. And that's the same for anyone. That's the same for anyone. And when you're looking on social media and the things that people post and the things that people share, it's very easy to look at these bite-sized moments and just be like, their life is fantastic. And some moments, pretty much all the time, it is, don't get me wrong, but there are times where there have been hardships. There have been things that are are slightly difficult to deal with and how you kind of move past those. Um, so I will slowly be getting into more of that kind of content. Um, and then I'll probably do, I'm going to do an adulting series at some point, which will touch on the exciting things I've got coming up. But yeah, let me know what you guys think. I hope you are all well. Have a good week when this comes out yeah have a good week and thanks for listening bye guys <laughs>